Mutability. Welcome to Nature's Lead. This is a podcast available at naturesleed.com that both examines and inspires a certain approach towards life that is based both on personal philosophies and on the writings of people such as Emerson and Thoreau. Please send any feedback to info at naturesleed.com. And if you're new to the podcast, feel free to listen to any prior episodes to get a better feel for things. This is Series 1, Episode 5, Title, To Change is to Live. Okay, welcome back. Today's topic is the word I start the podcast with every episode, mutability. I'm using the title, To Change is to Live, because the... Because most people are going to be confused with a word in the title that's not used these days in spoken English. So we'll get to that in a second. But first, today's random window. In most cities and suburbs nowadays, we have completely erased any evidence of the original natural surroundings. It's somewhat laughable how clean and perfect all our horizontally stacked track homes look with their yards of perfection, manicured blade by blade, their gorgeous curbs sculptured to a template mile after mile, and their green but unobtrusive allotment of plants trimmed and primped into still life. I'm in this game, a race towards duplication, a vanilla victory, and I noticed the other day, when I was not in an upscale part of town, that I really enjoyed the rough edges of the forgotten areas in the suburbs of past generations. I was going to an old Italian deli I loved to go to when I was a kid. No curb, the side of the road merely asphalt running right off into dirt, telephone poles, once a symbol of progress and intrusive society, now, to me, a symbol of innocence and loosely connected country roads. I could feel the earth in that environment. My footsteps were solid and weighty, and they attracted my attention. Oh, to be thoroughly grounded. I miss that feeling. On to the main topic. To change is to live. Change is the most important action we perform as our lives progress. I introduced mutability as concept number one in the opening episode, and I described it like this. Mutability is the ability to change. Having mutability in your life is a crucial asset that is necessary to keep our minds and bodies fresh from rot and decay. Change is the hardest thing we confront. The inertia of the human mind encourages us to stay the course, to follow known footprints. Yet we only progress, we only advance ourselves when we have the courage to change, when we attain mutability. You might ask, where do you get such a strange word? Or more importantly, why does he even use it? I got the word from its use in two poems by two famous romantic writers, and I like using it because it expresses in one simple word one of the most important driving principles in my life. And I must say, a principle I need to remind myself of because it's so difficult to follow. But back to the poems. Both Wordsworth and Shelley wrote poems entitled Mutability. I'm going to say a couple things about Shelley's version today. However, I first want to go over a quick summary of the Romantics so I can make a point that ties into today's episode. On the English side, I call them the Big Six, Wordsworth, Coleridge, and Blake in the early group, and Keats, Shelley, and Byron in the later group, all of them writing poetry. Then, on the American side, you have writers such as Thoreau and Emerson, early on writing essays, and later Dickinson, Dickinson and Whitman writing poetry. Together, they span a period from the end of the 18th century all the way into the mid-1800s. 
Now I want to make a generalized analogy to enlighten an argument I'll make afterwards. To me, and I stress to me, Wordsworth and Coleridge were more focused on philosophy and higher thought for its own sake, whereas someone like Shelley was more focused on not just the ideas, but distinctly how they and he could affect society. Shelley was simply more socially and politically minded. And I compare that difference to the well-known difference between Emerson and Thoreau. Emerson was an idea man, and Thoreau was a man of both ideas and action. There's a famous myth or legend wrapped around the time when Thoreau was in jail for not paying taxes that supported something he didn't believe in, and the legend describes Emerson supposedly visiting him and saying, what are you doing in there? And Thoreau smartly replies, what are you doing out there? Now this probably never happened, but it beautifully illustrates the difference between the two, the contrast between thinker and doer. After all, Thoreau is the one who moved to Walden in a humble dwelling for a couple years to, quote, live deliberately. As a result, people like Thoreau and Shelley gain more of a following often because they're more divisive, they're, they're doers, and they're more dynamic. Thoreau had a revival uh, during the late 60s peace movement because they identified with both his acts and his ideas. Emerson was nowhere to be found, even though he's the one who really began that line of thinking in America in the first place. With that brief backstory in place, I want to now stress this important point. There can be just as much significant change in a person who is secluded to a life of his or her own developing contemplation as in a person who is continuously acting on ideas and morphing his or her own state and existence in society. For both are participating in change. Both are sustaining mutability. To me, Emerson's progression of thought is significant change and is just as valid and relevant as a Thoreau who acts on the ideas to affect change. In terms of our daily lives, many people are happy with their jobs, happy with their families, their homes. Change for them might be reading up on Greek mythology, or learning piano, or conquering a marathon. They're changing the state of their mind or the skills of their hands, or the endurance of their souls. They don't need to make dramatic changes such as in their career or their relationships. They only need to realize the beauty and importance of these basic changes and make it a regular part of their lives, a continual pursuit. Society has made it so easy not to change. If you're satisfied with your job, got a roof over your head, and are fairly healthy, just keep purchasing stuff pushed upon us through the beauty of advertising, and you can feel accomplished all the way to your deathbed. When's the last time TV encouraged you to learn about the Goths and their effect on the Roman Empire? Or to learn to play the clarinet? Or to join the Community Coed Softball League? Uh, yeah, that would be never. Yet, these sources of change to who you are, to your current state, are vital to tap enabling you to continue your uptake of life, to continue your inhale of each day. Living is change. Stillness is death. In Shelley's mutability, and yes, this is the Shelley whose wife, Mary Shelley, wrote Frankenstein, the first line states, We are as clouds that veil the midnight moon. His theme is change, and what better opening imagery than the transient nature of elusive, thin wisps of darkened clouds. Also, this is perfect because the light shining through the clouds are what invigorate the scene. 
and he later compares their disappearance as they pass by the moon to, quote, forgotten leers. Now, leers were similar to a wind chime, but they would play notes as the wind would breathe through them. Such a beautiful comparison between the light that shines through a cloud to the wind that blows through a leer. He then realizes that human emotion, such as joy or sorrow, blows through us just the same. We are an instrument to be illuminated by changing ideas and emotions, and something such as joy leaves us as freely as the wind leaves a leer. He comes to the conclusion in this poem that, quote, not may endure but mutability. Now the word not, N-O-U-G-H-T, simply means nothing. Thus reworded, he's saying, nothing endures but mutability. He sees that change is the only one reality of our world, and it should be embraced, for it is empowering and drives our lives. We are only pretending if we sit on a couch day after day and tell ourselves all is the same. Things are changing around us, inside us, and we need to grab hold of it and use it to advance ourselves, to help direct it. We can help steer our path of change, but we need to follow it religiously as a driving principle. As Shelley implies in his poem, and as I have entitled this episode, To Change is to Live. That brings us to a close, so until next time, I wish you well, and don't forget to follow nature's lead.